Bringing your business online is no small feat, but with Jane by your side, we'll make the transition as effortless as possible. Let Jane lend you a hand with your mental health practice so that you can spend more time doing what you love, helping others. Learn more at jane.app forward slash mental health. Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, or CBT as it is known, is the sliced bread of the therapy world. It's a staple of therapy that's available through your Employee Assistance Program or Community Hospital Psychiatric Department. It's convenient, measuring anywhere between six to eight sessions, and easily digested in its goal-oriented and evidence-based approach. It can be used for a smorgasbord of common maladies from post-traumatic stress symptoms, depression, and a range of anxiety disorders. CBT will not invite you to delve into the recesses of your unconscious, nor will it offer you a glimpse into your early childhood traumas. CBT is a no-nonsense approach that aims to identify a problem and start helping you find strategies to tackle them. The crux of CBT is the dynamic interaction between your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors, which is why CBT was the perfect intervention for Shannon and her history with health anxiety. With the world reeling from the impacts of the novel coronavirus, we could all use some strategies. I'm Talia Singer, and this is Whatever Works. Today, I'm talking with Shannon. Hi, Shannon. Thanks for joining me. Hi, Talia. Thank you for having me. So I'm curious how you wound up finding cognitive behavioral therapy. So I was having some anxiety issues, um, fairly specific type of anxiety. And my doctor had referred me to a psychologist who I visited five times. And it was not a good fit for either of us. She did not invite me back after the fifth session. And so I was feeling pretty frustrated. Uh, with the whole experience. And a coworker of mine actually suggested, she said, have you tried cognitive behavioral therapy? And I didn't know what that was. And when I looked it up, it made a lot of sense to me because it seemed to give tools for coping. That was one thing I found lacking in my first experience was there wasn't a so what Like, what do I do when I leave this office? Is there anything, you know, in between my sessions that I can use to help when I have anxiety? And I didn't find that helpful. So I thought, okay, cognitive behavioral therapy, maybe that'll give me something that I can, you know, hold on to in between sessions that I can think about and work on. Do you mind, and you like, you can definitely say no to this, but giving me a little bit of information about what you were anxious about? You don't have to go into great detail, just some like an idea. I think I have some generalized anxiety, and um, but the big anxiety is health anxiety, like any type of experience or symptom, or even, you know, reading something in the news and then thinking, do I have that? And like, many types of anxiety. When you say it out loud, you feel like an absolute lunatic. But you know, it's very real inside your head and your body. So for health anxiety, it was a very um, specific and that I wanted something that when I started getting inside my own head and really getting worked up, that I could kind of bring myself back to earth. And the health anxiety, was that something new? Or is that something that you had always had? I feel like I've always been a bit of a hypochondriac, but I found after having 
children. And I don't know if it was like, uh, I have people to take care of. So now I'm very aware of my own mortality or if it was just like hormone related. Um, but after having kids, it seemed to ramp up pretty high. So a coworker told you about CBT for anxiety and you kind of like read a little bit about it and you thought to yourself, this is for me. And so what was it like going to your first session? It was a lot different from the other therapy experience I'd had. It was, um, it just felt more relaxed and conversational, but that could have been the style of the therapist themselves. Mm -hmm. It felt a lot more back and forth than just me talking. But it was sort of more like validation of, okay, that's a normal thing you're feeling. And this is why you might be feeling that. My first experience was like, and what do you think happened in your childhood to make you feel that way? I don't know. <laughs> so, right, you know, it was, um, I just felt like it was more productive. Mm -hmm. I like that word, productive. So it felt like concrete, like you could almost like tangible, like hold it in your hands, like this is your health anxiety. And now we're going to manipulate it in a way that will change it. Yeah, it was like there was something there was an action I could take directly because, you know, I, I made progress on my in my initial well, progress, quote unquote, as much as you can do in five sessions. But, you know, we talked about things and I thought, OK, maybe there's something there. But I didn't feel like we were doing anything with the health anxiety. So you walked into the office and you said that it was like a very conversational experience and comfortable for you. How many sessions of CBT did you attend before you started to feel things shift for you? I'd say there was just only a few because, you know, she gave me things to read when I wasn't in the office and did a step-by-step -step process with me about, you know, what exactly is happening in my brain when I'm getting this information. So... You know, by about the 10th session, for sure, I, I felt very confident and um, that I was handling like the anxiety a lot better. Can you give me an example of some of the strategies that you got from therapy? One of the things that I found very helpful and, you know, she had a whiteboard in her office and would write things on it. So one of the things is she wrote a pathway out of what happens in your brain or what was happening with anxiety of, you know, at the top, we've got the situation and then move along the path and then experience the threat, which in my head was the thought of, you know, some health event or something or a mm -hmm. symptom or something I was experiencing. And then further along the path, that's when your body goes into the fight or flight response um, which obviously it does a million times a day for every situation. And usually it's pretty good at, you know, figuring out what is a true danger to you and what can be brushed aside. And that was one thing that she did verbalize for me is your body, the fight or flight is just getting mixed up. It's at that point of anxiety in the fight or flight where, you know, I need to reassess. And then further down is the behavior, the urge to escape. And like, that's how I react to the anxiety. And then the reaction can either lead to relief or further anxiety. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Like, so if you were, let's say, and if you were back in that time, how long ago was it that you were doing CBT? So I started, I'm still seeing the same therapist. Um, but this started in 2018 is when I started seeing her. 
So it's been almost three years. Right. And so if this, if we were experiencing COVID in 2017, what would your natural reaction be if you were to have a health uh, anxiety back then? What does escape have to do with it? Like for health anxiety, one thing I would have done is probably want to get tested a lot to confirm for myself that I wouldn't, that I don't have it. And that is a behavior that would not give me relief. It might give me temporary relief, but it would just exacerbate anxiety because it would confirm in my head that my anxiety was valid. And by taking that action, I was giving myself a temporary relief, but then I wasn't giving myself tools to deal with the next situation where I thought I might have COVID. Mm -hmm. So this is where CBT helped because like, let's say, you know, I thought I had a tumor and I asked my doctor for an ultrasound or a CT scan or something. And if she had said yes, and I got that done and it was negative, that might you know, confirm for me, okay, I don't have it now. But then in two weeks, I'm like, oh, no, I have another tumor. I can't, I can't go back and get that done every single time that doesn't provide relief from anxiety, it provides you the temporary relief from the situation. So with CBT, it, you know, it helps me change the behavior from giving you that temporary relief to moving you to a way that helps you cope with the anxiety without kind of feeding it. Mm-hmm. So I would go back instead of, you know, catastrophizing and going straight away to some sort of relief behavior like that. I have to go back to the thought, the threat that I'm experiencing and say, you know, ask some questions, some situational questions of you know, how long has this been happening and what exactly does it feel like? And are there any other symptoms like to really before I let my brain get carried away? into like the worst case scenario to kind of bring it back to where it really is. Take notes, maybe say, you know, I'm going to watch this for a week. Mm -hmm. And if it's still bad in a week, then I might call my doctor, but it just, it gives me something to kind of hold on to like a task to do Mm -hmm. and a checklist to follow before my anxiety flies all the way down the path where my behaviors are not healthy for me in the long term. That's a really great explanation. Yeah, I found it very helpful that there's something like tangible there. Hi, I'm Sophia from the Jane team. We understand that it can seem overwhelming to transition to a new software. However, with Jane, you're not alone. Jane's support team offers multiple touch points along the way to ensure you're up and running as smoothly and as quickly as possible. We're in this together. Jane is a Canadian-based PIPEDA-compliant practice management software offering a range of different features, including customizable electronic therapy notes, secure telehealth sessions, simple online booking, family relationships, and more, all on our Canadian-based servers. If you have any questions whether Jane is the right fit for your practice, we'd love to chat with you. Watch a demo and connect with us by visiting jane.app forward slash mental health. You know, I'm, I'm really curious about your experience because, you know, other people that have come on the podcast have discussed other styles of therapy. And I'm thinking about, uh, someone who last season was talking about psychoanalysis that really 
uh, felt that their childhood was very much connected to physiological experiences that you were having. And for you, because this, this podcast is called Whatever Works, for you, what worked was not looking at those types of experiences, but dealing with the here and now. Yeah, it was definitely what I had to do was get myself more into the present and really mm-hmm. focus on it because I would fixate on a future that is full of so many unknowns. And so would you say that each session that you went to with your therapist, you kind of gained new strategies or a new sense of confidence to deal with those anxious thoughts? Yes. You know, I started going every week and eventually we spaced it out to every other week. And now I see her once a month and I don't feel like that is very rarely do I have times where I think, oh, I really wish we had an appointment sooner rather than later. I like this image of your therapist using the whiteboard. It kind of like feels like you explaining you to you, kind of like a very remedial kind of lesson where you explain to yourself, listen, listen, Shannon, you know, when you have these thoughts, this is what's happening in your body. And when you have these thoughts, this, you know, leads you to behaving in this way. And you're kind of like taking notes about yourself and having, gaining a deeper understanding of how you work. Yeah, I would agree. And I think, you know, everybody learns in different ways, but being able to visualize yourself like as a stick figure, literally on a pathway Mm -hmm. to say, you know, this is where you are and this is where you want to be. And let's talk about how we get there. It really helps in your mind to, to put things into action. Like a map. You are here. X marks the spot. Exactly. Any other strategies that you can remember using? Um, I am loathe to credit Cheryl Sandberg because, you know, the evils of Facebook, <laughs> but in her, her book, plan B, um, about grief after her husband passed away, mm-hmm. she did. And I've, I read that before I started CBT and I kind of always hung on to those as well. Um, she talks about the three P's, which is personalization, permanence, and pervasiveness. Uh, personalization being thinking that the problem is yourself instead of considering other outside factors. So that's one thing. Think, is this me or are there other things? Uh, the second is permanence, thinking that a bad situation will last forever. And I think that was one of the biggest things to help anxiety is you have to be able to recognize when you're in it. And if you can recognize that you're in it, then you know it's just going to be like a few days where you've just got to buckle down and then like a wave, it'll kind of wash over you, but then it'll recede away. Um, So recognizing that this feeling you're feeling isn't forever and, you know, your body's just going through it. And I found that it never really lasted more than a week at like the peak horribleness. And the third is pervasiveness and that you're thinking this bad situation applies across all areas of your life instead of just one. So to reframe it and say, this is where my anxiety lies. It's not impacting everything else. It kind of helped me to put it into perspective a bit more. So it's not going to last forever. It's not anything I'm doing. It's not about me. And it's, one aspect of my life. It is not my entire life. 
It really is to kind of minimize the monster that anxiety can become because it can feel like it's taking control of your life. And so it's kind of like you driving with anxiety in the passenger seat rather than anxiety in control of the wheel. Does that make sense? Completely. And that actually reminds me of something that my therapist did say to me because in the springtime when the COVID fatigue and the grief of everything we've lost this year uh, really started to sink in. You know, I said to her that I feel like my CT, my CBT toolkit is not working. And she said, you know, you can't really think your way out of this situation because there is a danger like in life that we are all actively trying to avoid, you know, your fight or flight is, is working right now. So one thing you need to do is kind of have your anxiety sit next to you, accept that it is there. It's with you on this journey. Say, okay, you're beside me. I acknowledge you and I need to live my life, but I'm aware you're coming with me and sort of just make peace with it. Right. Like Mm. instead of trying to like fight it or push it away, um, which can be exhausting in its own sense. Sometimes you kind of have to make peace that, okay, this is where we are right now. And this is what I'm going to do to get through day to day. Sometimes I think about anxious or negative thoughts, like, like one of those express buses that if you get on an express bus accidentally, it's, it could be really upsetting and also infuriating. Like you get angry at yourself. Mm -hmm. Like, why am I having all of these thoughts? Like, and then the fight becomes like, stop having these thoughts, stop being so negative, stop being so anxious. And it could be very self-defeating because as you said, like the feeling, feelings are transient and, and it'll pass. Like the bus will like eventually get to the station. Yeah. And you'll be able to get off. And sometimes you might notice it beforehand saying like, well, I might get an anxious thought. I might have a negative feeling, but this time I'm not going to get on. That's an express bus. That's not the one I want to get on. I want to notice it and then feel the sun on my face. Yes, that was another tactic that I found didn't work so well for me. Um, I'm not very good at mindfulness. My brain, I can't, I, it, I could be good. It would take more practice, but it was that visualization of, um, but of sitting on the side of the road and watching the cars go by of the cars you're not going to get into. So sort of like the express bus of, I'm not going to take that today. I'm just going to let that go off down the road and watch it. Um, I'm not very good at that personally. I think actually, no, I'm, I'm going to hop in that car and <laughs> take it down the road. But it's one of those exercises where, you know, you can visualize yourself saying, no, I'm going to step back and we're not going to do that today. Mm-hmm. But I find it very helpful to have tools like that, things that you can work on that gives you something to do mm-hmm. to try to cope with the anxiety instead of just saying, thinking, you know, oh, I'm so anxious about this. And then there's nothing else to think about except that. And then you follow it all the way down to wherever it wants to take you. Mm -hmm. And then it's a lot harder to get back out. Whereas if you've got these tools, I mean, there's a few of them that you can kind of try to apply in various situations. 
that, you know, I have pretty good success now at stopping, like it stops me from getting too far down the path. Shannon, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. I, your time is very valuable, but honestly, like you're so well-versed in, in cognitive behavioral therapy. I think it's going to be a real benefit for someone who hasn't tried it before to kind of know exactly what they're getting out of it. So I really appreciate you sharing your experiences. Well, thank you for letting me. I am very pro-therapy of any kind, and I think everybody... Like, I wish the stigma would go away, and I think everybody would benefit from it in one way or another. This has been the fourth episode of the second season of Whatever Works. I'm Talia Singer. This podcast is written and produced by me and edited by David Conroy and Jason Ball. The theme song for this podcast is called Universal Donor, off the album Hopeful Monster, written and performed by Jason Ball. You can find it on Spotify and Apple Music.